2: Out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, of course, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. I'm your host, Betty Jo Tucker, speaking to you during the fourth week of June, 2011. Because this is our fourth year anniversary show, we're extending the time to 60 minutes, and we're very glad you've joined us to help celebrate these past four fun years. We're dedicating today's show to Nikki Starr, our producer extraordinaire, who is still recuperating. Nikki, if you're listening, please know we're all sending our best wishes for you to get well soon. Although Nikki can't be here today, we're fortunate to have the effervescent Danielle Dyer from Shiny uh, Shiny Days with us, and she's agreed to be our chat wrangler. So let's bring her on now. Danny, are all systems go in the chat room? Yes, and chat's where it's at today. (laughs) I agree. And why don't you explain how listeners uh, who might be listening in for the first time can sign up for the chat?
3: Yes, ma'am. At the very top right hand of your screen, you'll see sign up for Blog Talk Radio. It only takes a couple seconds, and it's absolutely free. Sign up for a free account and come back here to Movie Addict Headquarters. So you can chat with
2: us in the chat room thanks danny and thanks to the people who are participating in our chat as well as our other listeners thanks also to jazz shaw for being here to help with the show today welcome back jazz we really missed you last week
4: Thank you, Betty Joe. It was one of those weeks. It was busy. And I will warn all the listeners. Uh, once again, I know it's becoming a habit, but my summer vacation is coming up. I am heading up to the mountains this weekend for the 4th of July, and I will not be back in time for the show next week. And I apologize in advance, but I, I do need a little just breathing time to recuperate and go do some fishing and, and, uh, and just sort of, you know, decompress.
2: Well you're so busy and you work so hard you deserve a vacation but we we do have uh your very good friend AJ Hockery the mad movie man who has agreed to co-host next Tuesday since you won't be here and the topic is um is a fun one we're going to be talking about Disneyland memories because uh in July uh it will it will be the anniversary, 56th anniversary of the opening day of Disneyland. So uh, we have uh, Steven Sholesh, who wrote about uh, the fascinating Walt Disney. He's been on our shows before, and and he'll be the he'll be the guest. So I hope everybody will will join us next Tuesday. And now I'd better explain what's about to happen today. We'll be recalling some of our favorite moments from over 200 episodes we've broadcast since June of 2007, including a couple of fun interviews we just happen to have a clip from. Plus, in honor of the past four years, we'll be giving away copies of four books in a random book drawing. These books are Born Standing Up by Funny Man Steve Martin, Confessions of a Movie Addict by Yours Truly, Everything I Need to Know I Learned from a Chick Flick by Kimberly Potts and Susan Sarandon, A True Maverick, which is another one of my books. If you want to enter this random drawing, just send an email to me at realtalk@comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at comcast, C-O-M-C-A-S-T dot And put book drawing in the subject area. Then I'll place your name in the drawing. It's that easy. I hope Danny is uh, putting that information in the chat now. You know, Jazz, picking our favorite moments from the past four years isn't easy. We've had such wonderful guests, but I thought it would be fun to play the first part of our third anniversary show and then to spend the last part of the show concentrating on the past 12 months. So, after a short musical interlude followed by a brief introduction by a mysterious announcer. Here's Nikki, Jazz, the Mad Movie Man, and me, talking about three years of anniversary addicts on Movie Addict Headquarters back in June 2010. And I don't seem to be able to make the um, clip... I was afraid of this (laughs) So um, let me just let me try I got it Thank you
5: You must remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply as time goes by And when two lovers woo, They still say I love you On that you can lie No matter what the fear
1: How do you do? Mrs. Betty Jo Tucker feels it would be a little unkind to present this show without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Movie Addict Headquarters, a radio show that dares to rant and rave about all things cinematic. It deals with the mysterious shadows flickering on the silver screen without all the sticky soda spills on the floor. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even. Horrify you. So if any of you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to, uh, well, we warned you.
2: Hi, movie fans. This is Betty Jo Tucker welcoming you to our third year anniversary show. I want to thank our friend Fausta Words for sharing the wonderful haunting song from Casablanca and Mad Movie Man, A.J. Hockery, for his tongue-in-cheek intro to today's show, which, by the way, was a parody of the actual introduction to the Boris Karloff Frankenstein flick, a film that started me on my journey to movie addictum. I'm very glad A.J. has agreed to join Nicky Starr, Jazz Shaw, and me for our special anniversary show today. Hi, A.J. Are you ready for some anniversary addicts?
1: I am ready for antics, shenanigans, tomfoolery, anything you got.
2: Great. I think we do have a lot of that scheduled. And let's see if Nikki and Jazz feel the same way. Nikki, you've been with Movie Addict Headquarters since the very beginning, back in 2007. And so you, you have a lot to do with this show. It couldn't be put on without you. So are you willing to share some of your favorite moments a little later in the show?
3: Oh. Of course i am i just can't believe it's been three years and you are correct i have been here from day one i don't know if that's a good thing or not but it's i'm thrilled to be here
2: well i'm thrilled to have you here and it's not only a good thing it's a fantastic incredible magical thing so i'm just so glad that you stuck with us and uh, i think that we've we've had some some really wonderful shows 150 plus episodes are available on the um archive, so I hope uh, this anniversary show today will inspire our listeners to uh, to revisit or to listen for the first time to some of those uh, shows. Now, how about you, Jazz? Are, are you in the anniversary antics mode today?
4: Oh, I'm always in antics mode, you know that. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> oh, around that's as for long sure. as both of you. I was listening for a long time before... Uh, I was actually brought on as part of the show. Uh, I, I was a fan of the show as well as uh, being a movie addict uh, long before I was asked to come on board. And I have to thank Nikki for that because she pointed me to mm-hmm. the show originally. So she was like, oh, you know, you have to, watch, you have to listen to the show. And because I just watch movies, I write reviews of movies, and uh, I was just, oh, this is fantastic. So, yeah, it's been a, a real thrill since you invited me to be here most of the time.
2: Yes, most of the time, and I thank Nikki for referring you to the show because you were so great calling in, I remember, and you were so faithful about calling in and sharing your opinions, and and it, it was just uh, great to have you every week, so Nikki and I said, well, hey, we need a co-host, so nobody else. But Jazz would do. So I'm really, really glad that you're here and that you've stayed uh, with us. And I can, I can hardly wait to hear what all of you come up with about favorite moments and surprises and shocking guests. But first, I want to mention that in appreciation of our wonderful chatters, and other listeners will be giving away three books in a random drawing as part of our anniversary celebration. And these these are three, well, uh, two out of three are really great books. I'm too humble to say that the third one is. The first one is Casablanca Film Trivia. Here's Looking at You, Kid, by Tom Barnes. And you'll remember, Jazz, we did a a show with Tom Barnes talking about this book. Uh, The entire show was about Casablanca and the... uh, one of goes our best along. shows
4: ever, by the way. I have to say, just a fantastic show and a great book.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, so anyone who's interested in, in receiving a copy of that will want to enter the drawing. And then the second book is by uh, one of our other favorite guests. It's by Kimberly Potts, and it's Everything I Need to Know I Learned from a Chick Flick. And Kimberly has been so uh, generous. All through the uh, three years, in giving us uh, books to give away. So, that, those are two books that I know people will enjoy. And then I'm very happy to give away one of my own books, Confessions of a Movie Addict. So, to participate in this drawing, just send me an email at realtalkcomcast.net, at and that's R E E L, realtalkcomcast.net, and put book drawing in the subject line. So now, back to favorite moments, and I want to start out with my favorite funny lady, because this month has been our salute to funny ladies of showbiz. And we were so thankful to get a visit in person by Debbie Reynolds. And this clip I think you'll all enjoy. It starts out with, uh, I believe Jazz is asking Debbie, what she thought about Shirley MacLaine's performance in Postcards from the Edge. And the reason that question came up is because Postcards from the Edge is uh, from a book written by Debbie's daughter, Carrie Fisher. Debbie also talks about how talented her daughter is and about the men in her life. So here's, here's a little peek at the show where we paid tribute to the great Debbie Reynolds.
4: What was your reaction to Shirley MacLaine's performance in Postcards from the Edge?
6: I thought it was great. I wanted the part. I know. (laughs) And you should have gotten it. Well, I mean, mean, Carrie uh, uh, Carrie wrote wrote this part supposedly about me, which it wasn't, but, you know, everybody thought it was. So I said, look, everybody's going to think it is me. I might as well play it. But Mike Nichols says, uh, no, he wanted Shirley, so Shirley got to do it. She was wonderful. I thought she was great. Uh, it wasn't, it really isn't me. Uh, you know, luckily, I, I don't have that disease as far as alcoholism, and I'm delighted that, because then I can have a drink once in a while.
0: <laughs> if, you,
6: if you have the disease, you can't. Yeah. So, I, I'm fortunate that I don't have that problem. But I thought it was a very funny picture, and I thought it. Carrie did a great job, wrote it. She's a great writer, Carrie, and like oh, I yeah. said, she's opening next week on Broadway, so it's called uh, Wishful Drinking, which is pretty funny, and uh, I'm, I'm praying that it'll be a big hit. Well,
4: there you well, go, You can open the bar when we all come to California. <laughs> okay.
6: Well, all right, I'm coming to La Jolla. We're going to have drinks on the beach.
7: <laughs> yeah, we'll have them on the beach. They will get arrested you. because they don't allow it. But oh well, <laughs> then we'll
6: then we'll just sip wine around your patio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well, Carrie she, was well, Carrie was
4: hilarious in uh, Thirty Rock too. That was oh,
2: funny. Oh, oh, Carrie on Thirty Which, Rock, she, she got, got an there. Emmy.
4: Yeah, and she's hilarious.
2: Emmy nomination. Well, she is I, a very talented girl. She takes after her mother. <laughs> <laughs> And and maybe she can take care of her of her mother when her mother gets tired of all of all this work that she's doing. Well, that's tomorrow, so she better get work fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly! I wonder. I know you said we could ask you uh, anything. I, I kind of hesitate sure. to to ask this, but I have heard you talk about this before uh, to a room full of seven hundred people. So. I thought that I would would dare to ask because I I just think you have the most uh, humorous and healthy attitude about um the the men, the former men in your life. <laughs> and, uh... Now well, all.
4: Let's, yeah, not, yeah. let's not get R-rated here. <laughs> no, we won't get, not with
2: Debbie. We won't get R-rated. Well, with no,
6: unfortunately, I think a lot of actresses have that problem. You know, the they, you know, the men can't take the women that are kind of famous and more than they, and it's really difficult for them. And so it winds up to be unsuccessful mergers. And also, when they leave, they take all the money, which is sort of depressing. <laughs>
0: that's
6: and oh you
2: you've just in spite of uh, of that you have managed to uh soldier on and then um make uh, some of the some of these many examples in your wonderful shows <laughs> because i remember oh yes i i uh, stitches
6: <laughs> yes i i i tease them a great deal and i call them all kinds of names and um i you know The word schmuck comes into mind, uh, but you can't say that on television or radio. But I do not have good taste in men and so I just leave it alone now. I don't even go out, you know, I don't date, I don't do, but I have a lot of great male friends and my brother's wonderful, my son is wonderful. I love men, it's just that I seem to have an allergy to attracting men that want to take all my money, so I've decided I just can't afford it anymore. It's like a, a sale, a sale at
2: Macy's, I can't have it. <laughs> I think that whole interview with Debbie Reynolds was was so much fun, and uh, it's, it is definitely one one of my favorites. Some of the uh, other voices that you heard on that tape were, of course, James Cold Harrison, who lives in La Jolla, and um, who during the show uh, Debbie invited herself <laughs> to La Jolla <laughs> to stay with Jim, and then we all. Isn't this right, Jazz? We all said that we would we would come <laughs> and visit in La Jolla. And I never see, got
4: my invitation.
2: I didn't either. I mean, well, she's so busy doing her what, uh, 42 42 shows, and she's in her late 70s, and she does 42 live shows a year. So she might have oh, just she had make a it senior moment and, and, and forgot to send out our invitations uh, to I go know. along with her. Still, I would to James. go
4: in a heartbeat. I think you and I and, and Nikki should all just go and, and just visit her. I think it would be a great trip.
2: And the other voice was uh, Jordan Wellen, who is uh, a 19-year-old college student who uh, likes Singing in the Rain. He thinks it's the best movie ever made. So he was one of the voices that uh, was talking with Debbie. So that entire show would be a, a treat, I think, for Movie addicts to take another listen to or to listen to it for for the first time. Nikki, what are some of your favorite moments? Since you're the the uh, the one that's been with us the the longest, uh, do you have some times that that stick in your mind that you that would call your favorites?
3: Okay, come on y'all. We would have had to play this whole entire show, but you know, Tony Curtis calling you Betty Jo Culpepper. <laughs> And making and making a pass and making a pass at James because he thought that he was Jay.
2: Jane. Jane, <laughs> that's, that's one of mine. Well, that, that was I know. Well, that was mine. <laughs> you know that when James when James emails me anymore, he always says, "Dear Betty Culpepper." <laughs> I'll yes, never forget that. But Tony never. was having a little trouble hearing, and so he did. Yeah, he did mistake my name. Yeah, yeah. A and he trouble? did <laughs> He had quite a bit of trouble. <laughs> but I like this because he said, "Betty Culpepper, what a name! What a, what what a, a name!" Great and it's name. And I have a movie for you. Get this, yep. Betty Culpepper, starring in Montana Falls. <laughs>
4: Oh, and I, boy, Tony, I never Tony heard had a couple of him. <laughs> problems, actually. Tony, Tony. was one of the more controversial guests we've had. Uh, that was just an interesting show all the way around. I guess mm-hmm. it
2: was. It was, and it was full of. It definitely was full of, of surprises. So, uh, any other favorites that you that you have, uh, Nikki, that you'd like to mention?
3: Well, I loved when we had the. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, I always forget his name. The guy that was on. Oh, now of course my mind went blank. Remember? Oh, uh, shoot! <laughs> I wore, don't remember. I know. Go to somebody else, and then I'll get it. All right, I'm going
2: to oh, go to oh, somebody. Yeah, I'm going go to go to somebody right? else. I'm I'm going to go to AJ. AJ, do you have some favorite moments that? You've been you've been so loyal. Uh, one of our favorite guests and somebody that we'd like to have on the show every week, if we could, if if you could work it into your into your schedule, and if we could afford it. So, what are some of your what are your what are some of your favorite moments?
1: Uh, some of my favorite moments. It's not so much when I, when you asked me this question, I couldn't think of so much favorite moments as I could favorite shows, because the oh. whole experience as one was a really great. Uh, time, but I remember, uh, the presidential debate show from, uh, back around the 2008 election where all of us talked about the
0: yes. uh, different
1: movie presidents and we all gave campaign speeches. And even, yeah. though, even though mine didn't win, it was great just listening to everyone make their case and you got to hear about some of the, some of the classic presidents from, like, the old days to as recently as, like, uh, Morgan Freeman and Deep Impact. And it, it was is. really great listening to all those guys. And
2: I forgot per- about per- that, but that was a great show. And personally, movie my movie favorite.
4: Nobody ever picked up the
2: phone. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was it was, it's very, cause I was it was
3: because I was screening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Things. But everybody worked
2: so hard on those campaign speeches. I thought they, I thought they were, they were just great. So that's that's wonderful. How, how about you, Jazz? A, a favorite show or favorite moment that you'd like to mention?
4: Uh, I had to go through a few, but of all of them, and this may be a strange pick, I really liked our interview with William Sanderson the best. Uh, he was.
2: Such- you mean your inter, you mean your interview with William Sanderson? Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, my interview it was you know it was a whole show I couldn't uh, get a he, word
2: in edgewise, <laughs> but uh, it was great. Was it was
4: great <laughs> one of my favorite character actors ever yeah. and and such an interesting guy with such an interesting life story and just his work on deadwood and and so many other shows I mean he's been around forever it's like every every time you turn on the t v and he had such great stories i mean just he has lived the life in every aspect of. Performing, you know, from from lifting and carrying sets to being, uh, you know, a brand name star, and and so willing to share, and I just thought he was terrific.
2: I agree. That was that was wonderful, and I enjoyed very much the the way you and uh, and William interacted in in that show. It's it's one of my favorites too. So uh, good good choice. Uh, you know, I remember mine. All right, Nikki.
3: Barry
7: Bostwick
4: from Rocky Horror Picture Show.
2: Yes.
4: <laughs> oh, that was right me. I'm still so jealous. I found out about this show it, right after Barry's appearance, and I'm one of the biggest amazing. Rocky Horror fans ever, and I'm so ticked that I never got to interview him. He oh. was amazing.
2: He's, he was, and maybe next um, Halloween we can get him back yeah, because there probably will be some new developments, and he's so generous with his time, but... I really thought that that he was great describing his his work on that uh, show, and he was so wonderful with the people that called in, and he has so many fans. Well, that movie in itself has has so many fans. So that that's a very very good uh, pick, and of course I've already mentioned about uh, Debbie Reynolds. I just thought that that show is is probably close to the top for me. Cloris Leachman talking about working with uh, Mel Brooks, and we'll hear a little bit from her in a minute. And Lorna Luff's uh, mother-daughter medley that she brought with her when we were doing the tribute to Judy Garland, and I, I we do have the tape of that. Nikki was, was so nice to put that on our switchboard, and we will hear it. Uh, this is supposed to be a fun show, but be prepared for a couple of tears when you hear that one. Fred Willard discussing his comedy sketch, Classes. Oh,
4: that was up on the top of my list too. That if, if I didn't pick the one I did, I think Fred Willard was one of my favorites. Because oh, uh, what a just what a great real guy, wasn't he, Betty Jo? Just a he real
2: was, guy. he absolutely was. And then the bully from A Christmas Story, I forget his name, AJ. uh <gasps> Zach, Zach. Zach Ward. Zach Ward who played that that uh, mean little red-headed <laughs> bully in A Christmas Story. And he was so gracious and appealing during his uh, interview on the show. And I, I don't know, I guess I was expecting him to be more like his uh, his character <laughs> in A Christmas Story. And then we had so many wonderful indi- independent filmmakers on on the show. I oh, loved I love uh, listening to Halar Garcia talking about... Remember his extensive search for Johnny Depp to give him a guitar especially made for him.
0: Yeah,
2: was <laughs> and then making a documentary about it and that that was to me, you know, shows what a dedicated obsessive <laughs> personality can do. And I hope to have are some uh, of the
4: best ones if I can just say briefly. Uh you have given a platform to a lot of filmmakers who don't get into the major spotlight. You know, and and opened up, you know, hopefully some bit of a new audience for them. And I, I love the way you do that, and you know, just give them a fair shake if they do good work.
2: As you can see, folks, we had a great time on that show, but unfortunately, while listening to it, it makes me sad to hear us joking so much about Tony uh, Curtis, who passed away a few months after our interview. He really was a fascinating guest and an excellent actor and we were honored to have him on our on our show. But now let's move to our shows during the last 12 months. Jazz, do you have a favorite moment or interview you'd like to mention?
4: Oh, I'm I'm not going to get put on the spot like that, Betty Joe. Come on, <laughs> there were so many good ones. You had a bunch of good ones picked out. I I'm just amazed it's been this long. I looking back, I I'm, I'm remembering you know that that one interview that that you played there, I was like, oh my god, that was before the last congressional campaign that I ran. It was, and I sounded so happy and carefree before they beat me into the ground. You know, and oh. uh, it, it, it's just weird to look back on those times. But uh, I, I don't know. I uh, if I had to pick one, I I think you might have played one of my favorite ones, although. A lot of the indie film producers, I think, and I'm not going to just select one of them, the people that were doing really innovative new stuff that wasn't being seen in a lot of theaters but were really breaking the boundaries, and you've had so many good guests who have done those things. And I think those are my favorites. There are people that were experimenting that were that were pushing film in new directions, and I think you brought a lot of that out.
2: Well, I'm glad you you mentioned that, uh... Jazz, because we we do try to give uh, the independent filmmakers a chance to to get word out about their their films. And um, my goodness, we had uh, such uh, an interesting discussion with the filmmakers of Cropsy, which was that that uh, interesting documentary. And uh, the two guys who uh, who had so much fun making the mini that was their first their first movie, and it was right like a, right heck of a heck of a comedy and uh so we're we're going to continue to do that because we they're very very interesting to talk with and and it makes us feel good to to give a little exposure to them now um, i think it's interesting to see though which episodes this uh past 12 months received the most uh downloads i guess that means that they had the most listeners and i i did a little research and here are The Top Ten Shows, Elizabeth Taylor Remembered, Lorna Luft Revisited, and that was in her tribute to Judy Garland, Judy Reyes from Gun Hill Road, Greg Ellis from Pirates of the Caribbean, actress and artist Judy Joy Jones, Patrick Fabian from The Last Exorcism, the Clint Eastwood Tribute. Now, we've had a lot of tributes. We've had uh, tributes to... uh, Hugh Jackman, hooray, hooray. We had tributes to Kevin Costner. We had tributes to Michael Caine, to Joan Benedict Steiger. But the one that that ended up in the top ten was the Clint Eastwood tribute. We did a show on top films of 2010, and that was in our top ten. Our holiday film update was in our top ten, and filmmaker Stephen Simon's interview—you remember—he was the—he's uh, the author of uh, "Bring Back the Old Hollywood." So, right. is that list surprising to you, Jazz?
4: It's—it's not surprising. It is disappointing in one thing of, of all the tributes. I was really hoping the Bogart tribute would have made it, but I guess not. I, I think I'm just an antique, and people don't appreciate my sensibilities.
2: Oh, Bogart! Yeah, the tribute to Bogart. I think that w- that was that might have been within the first three years, and I didn't go back and, and do those. But listeners, if you didn't hear our tribute to Humphrey Bogart, uh, the man and his movies, be sure to check that uh, show in the archives. And I think that we had uh, many very important episodes that didn't didn't make the top 10. I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, Jazz, for example, we had a real life Oscar winner for gosh sakes, Roger Ross Williams who talked about his winning documentary short which was this is such a inspirational film, Music by Prudence. And we were lucky, remember, to get the two leads from a major motion picture, although they came on the show separately. I'm talking about Ashley Bell, in addition to Patrick Fabian from The Last Exorcism, which was a heck of a horror film. And Jazz, who can forget the debut of our movie addict players with a special debate between Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence about the movie Eat, Pray, Love, which kind of summarized um, the way men and women (laughs) thought about that particular film. And um, I have two other interviews I'd like to play for everyone. I I hope uh, Danny will be standing by in case I'm having trouble um, getting these tapes to play. But the first one is part of an episode we did about animated films. Now, not many people have been lucky enough to interview an animated character, but I actually had that honor. And here's the way it went.
8: Danny, may can I, I speak come to my with r-
2: Sebastian the Crab, please?
8: Hello, who is this person who wants to talk to me?
2: Hi, Sebastian. It's Betty Jo Tucker. I'm one of your biggest fans.
8: Who is it? What do you want to know?
2: Well, for one thing. How in the world did you enjoy the job of watching over Ariel, the little mermaid, to keep her out of trouble?
8: Have you ever held a greasy fish in your hand? That's <laughs> what it's like. She's very slippery, that Ariel, but she's flambunctious. That's my $200 word.
2: <laughs> That's a really great word. and You know, I'm also wondering if you have any advice for other crustaceans who might get offered a similar job.
8: Stay in your shell. Don't get out of the water, because the only one who can take care of Ariel is me.
2: You're probably right, Sebastian. But tell me, do you think Ariel and Prince Eric lived happily ever after?
8: Oh, I know they did. I saw them two days ago.
2: Ah, so what were they... I mean, they doing.
8: Watching the Lion King on TV.
2: Ah, and enjoying every minute, I'm sure. Now, I know you have to get back under the sea, so thanks for talking with me, Sebastian. It's been a real pleasure to interview such a famous crustacean. Full disclosure is required here, folks. And although a few years ago I actually did interview Samuel E. Wright, who played Sebastian the Crab in The Little Mermaid, the enactment you just heard featured Morgan Lawrence, a loyal supporter of our show, in the role of Sebastian. I think he did a great job, and thanks so much, Morgan. Morgan is also the author of The Streets Ran Red, a very exciting book. The second interview was part of our Clint. Eastwood tribute show featuring filmmaker David Wirth sharing some valuable information about what it was like working with Clint Eastwood on Bronco Billy and Every Which Way You Can. Now, if you listen carefully, you'll hear some amusing comments about Clyde the Orangutan, too. Well, well, you know, I'm so glad that you mentioned Bronco Billy, David, because I just think that was a... Wonderful film. I loved Clint Eastwood as that character, and I know yes. this was a PG film. This was yes. so very, very different. Here, here he was, I think a shoe salesman from New Jersey who
7: That's was, right. pre,
2: was pretending to be this Bronco Billy and taking this Wild West show, trying to make the cowboy days live, the Old West live, Taking this Wild West show around and not having the wherewithal to do it, really, right, <laughs> but he was trying to keep it alive. the way he would talk to the little partners, the little kids yes. that came it was it was just uh, just a sweet film, it's something that you don't expect you know from from clint eastwood, and I really, really liked the look of it, too, David, so I think you had something to do with that.
9: Yes, well, thank you. And I know the film is uh, is also one of Clint's favorites, simply because, you know, he was known as the guy with the big gun, as Dirty Harry, as the Western hero who shot first and maybe never even asked a question later. And for him to do this character that was more of uh, a Gary Cooper type uh, character that with that was simple, that was of the that was a, a simple guy trying to be a cowboy that believed in the American values, that believed in children, et cetera, et cetera. It was uh, was a big step uh, for him as an actor and um, uh, something that garnered him a lot of critical attention. That was the first time, that particular film was the first time he had gotten the kind of critical attention uh, that a lot of major filmmakers uh, get. And you know, because he was just kind of thought to be a right wing guy who just shot a big gun, and now people could see a lot more uh to him and was they were saying, "Well, this is a filmmaker we should really pay attention to. Yes. I have to turn off my cell phone, excuse me <laughs> oh,
2: they're everywhere <laughs> yes so
9: so that was not it's not only one of my favorites, I know it's also one of his favorites because it was uh it was the first film that that I like to look at it as the film that started the snowball rolling downhill for him to get his academy award with unforgiven.
2: I think you're right. I think that was was the beginning of the sort of the turning point in in his career and uh, I'm sure it's available on DVD. People can get it from oh, Netflix yes. because many of our listeners probably haven't even heard of Bronco Billy. So I <clears throat> I would encourage everyone to take a look at that film. <clears throat> Pardon me. The other one that you did with Clint Eastwood, any which Way You Can. You, right. You also worked then with the wonderful Ruth Gordon.
9: Yes, what a joy. Yes, that was an amazing film also because it was the sequel to uh, Every Which Way But Loose, and it was a sequel that was actually uh, bigger and, and better produced than, than its original, and with great people in it like Harry Gardino and Ruth Gordon, and it uh, was a, really a thrill. Because you know, you, I'd been a fan of, of Ruth Gordon's for years and years, and to see her doing her little, her, her little uh, Ma, Ma Beto act on every day on screen was uh, in front of the camera was just was just thrilling.
2: And her relationship with Clyde the orangutan. Was something yes, and
9: well, Clyde Clyde was was everyone's favorite, and he he would he was just he was maybe. Uh, you know, you think of, of an animal on the set as being the wild card, and Clyde was maybe uh, one of the most professional people there. They would bring in whenever he was called for; they'd bring his little uh, stool in and sit him down on it, and he would do all of his tricks and 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 hit his mark, and uh, you know, and then he would just try to grab beer out of people's hands and give people kisses. And uh, <laughs> he was he was an absolute absolute uh, joy to work with
2: oh that that 's amazing i I was wondering if it 's true i 've read that Clint Eastwood as a as a director works very fast. Is that correct
9: very fast seventy five percent of the time on Bronco Billy uh, this is my first time working with Clint, uh, and Clint had seen. Uh, some of my work uh, before he he wanted me to do this film and this is why I always tell young filmmakers never look down on any work. Do everything as though it were your best Academy Award winning work because uh, Clint saw three films that I did. One was a little $150,000 film called Death Game. Mm
8: -hmm. Another
9: was a little $150,000 film called A Great Ride. And one was another little hundred and fifty thousand dollar film uh called Hollywood Night. so he saw three films of mine that together didn't total half a million dollars, and that was what his what impressed him for to to give me a shot at being his director of photography and Yes, he worked very fast as um uh seventy five percent of the time on Bronco Billy, he would print either the rehearsal or the first take.
2: Wow,
9: And that this must gets be. Well, well, what it does is it gets uh, a mood going with the cast and the crew to always be on their toes, and to For never sure. ever to never because they know he wants to he wants to work quickly, and so everyone is a, is 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 uh, really on their a game. An example: we were doing a scene where uh, Bronco Billy and his team were leaving the insane asylum and they were doing a little walk and talk on the way to the car down the stairs and out the, down, down the front uh, uh, yard and then to go to, the, to go to their vehicles and leave. And we did a rehearsal, and at the end of the rehearsal, uh, Clint was still talking when we reached the end of the dolly tracks, and Clint said, more or less offhandedly, we're going to need another set of tracks. And he turned around, and I followed him, and we walked back up, to walk back the length of of the shot and up the stairs, and by the time I turned around at the top of the stairs, the length of track was down and laid and leveled and ready to go.
2: Amazing! That's, that's yeah, amazing. because well,
9: they, I... that's the kind that's the kind of professionalism that he uh, fosters.
2: And he sure carried that on throughout throughout all of his uh, films. I really love that interview. Jazz, I think that David Wirth gave some very good advice to filmmakers. Uh, you had some time behind the camera yourself. Uh, what did you think about his advice?
4: Uh, he had good advice. Obviously, he's had more experience than me, and uh, th- that that's a good side of it to see. There is uh, another side of it that I find to be interesting, though, and you asked me earlier about some of the favorite shows, and... I I realized that I forgot one of the important ones that you wrangled an interview that to this day still blows my doors off. And it was the interview with William Sanderson. Do you remember that one? He played uh, (laughs) in Deadwood Deadwood, and he's he's on true blood now, Uh, you know, and, and he had so many insights for somebody that is, considered kind of a character actor but he has worked on both sides of the camera and he has had to be like all things to all people but he had this continuous sort of lovable loser sort of character and it's the one that a lot of actors don't want to play and i thought he had a lot to offer uh particularly to young actors and young filmmakers because it it's the seldom taken path you know and and that, I, I wish we, we, we had a good clip from that to play today because that was just such a great interview.
2: It was. And um, what great stories William Sanderson had to tell about... Uh, oh, he does. What a career. Oh, yes. He's a, he's one of the best storytellers, I think, that we've had on the show. And, and we've had some great ones. I think Michael Emerson, too, from Lost. He, he really is... Uh,
4: Excellent oh, that's that's an another interview. one. I, and I totally forgot. I mean, there's so many. God, yeah, Emerson was great, and I was such a fan of Lost. You know, that it was, it was that was fabulous.
2: I know I, it's just hard to, you know, in within 60 minutes' time here <laughs> to do justice, but I uh, to all of these wonderful guests. But I hope that some of our listeners will will check out the archives so that they can can uh, listen to these shows um, and uh, and hear the the complete show, uh, not just the clips that we're playing. But I think I should remind everyone about our awesome book drawing again. So listeners, if you would like to participate in this special drawing, just send an email to me at realtalk at comcast.net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at comcast.net. And comcast is C-O-M-C-A-S-T and then .net. And don't forget to put book drawing in the subject area. As soon as I receive your email, I'll place your name in the drawing Although all copies of the Casablanca Tribute book that you heard about in our last uh, year's uh, show have already been given away, we have four books for this year's drawing, including Born Standing Up by Funny Man Steve Martin. I've read that book, and it is really interesting. I mean, there's a lot of amusing things in that book, but a lot of great advice for um, stand-up comics and uh, a lot of backstage information about uh, Steve Martin's movies. Confessions of a Movie Addict by yours truly. And then the third one is Everything I Need to Know. I Learned from a Chick Flick. I just love that title. I think that's my favorite book title of all time. (laughs) (laughs) By Kimberly Potts. And Susan Sarandon, A True Maverick, another one of my books that that took a full year of my life to do research on it's really not um an autobiography it's more of an analysis of uh this remarkable career now i think it's time to check with danny for a report on what's happening in our uh chat room danny and and, are and, there and, any... and by the
4: way betty joe b- yes. b- right before we go to danny and, and i apologize for those of you who didn't get uh, a chance to see the uh the Casablanca trivia book, even though uh, Betty Joe doesn't have any to give away right now, go look it up, uh, go Google it, look for it on Amazon. I wound up getting not just a copy but a signed copy, and it is mm-hmm. fabulous. And if it you is. like if you like Bogey, if you like Casablanca, if you like the greatest movie ever made, in my not-so-humble opinion, uh, and you have watched it even twice, uh, you will find all sorts of little tidbits in there that you will enjoy when you go to watch it again.
2: Uh, you are absolutely right about that. I love that book. And Tom Barnes, who is the author, um, as we mentioned before, was was one of our favorite guests uh, on on Movie Addict headquarters. So I wholeheartedly agree with with. And, and I
4: apologize for interrupting that. Danny, so please go ahead.
2: Well, yes, <laughs> Danny. Don't <laughs> We're worry. Sorry that we interrupted you. That's okay. The chat room
3: is going great, and lots of people have said congratulations on
2: four years, Betty Jo. Oh, that's so nice. I I really have been having a ball, as you, as you can tell, <laughs> being a movie addict, being the world's greatest movie addict, although I think Cloris Leachman and uh, Debbie Reynolds argued with me about that. They claim to be the, the world's uh, number one movie addict, so we'll have to have a contest <laughs> about that sometime. Well, Danny, you've been so great to be with us while Nikki's been recuperating, and um, it's been uh, a real pleasure having you with us, but Uh, So you don't have as as many shows to pick from in terms of what might be your favorites. So um, I think I have an idea which one you're going to pick, but I'll let you say it and say why. Okay, of course. I love Brendan
3: Wayne. (laughs) He was my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Right? Oh, I was so nervous. And excited that I just sounded like a little kid when he said hi. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited you're here."
2: <laughs> you were like it was a embarrassing. candy
3: store.
0: <laughs> yes, it was embarrassing. <laughs>
2: I did. I did love that uh, interview. Um, for listeners who don't know who uh, Brendan Wayne is, he's uh, the grandson of John Wayne, and he's appearing in. Um, Cowboys and Aliens. What a title for a movie, which will be uh, released, I think, within the next few weeks. It's one of the movies that I'm most looking forward to. And Brendan Wayne was, was just delightful to interview. So. So, uh, so Danny, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I think he, that's one of my favorites too. From,
4: don't don't feel bad, the, Danny. I I think we already played the the one clip that was the worst for me when we talked to Debbie Reynolds. I just about peed myself. I was just <laughs> like I I don't I don't need to be on the phone with Debbie Reynolds. This is terrible. Oh, uh, oh, uh, I, I, I couldn't handle it
2: you couldn't handle it well it was it was definitely one of my favorites and i, I had interviewed debbie um several times before so also i also i was the first my husband and i were the first people to uh, uh, from the public to go through her uh hollywood museum when it opened up in las vegas and so we had set up kind of a, a relationship there with uh with her son todd fisher now i'm i'm so disappointed to report that uh, Debbie Reynolds collection, that wonderful collection of uh, costumes from great movies, um, has not found a home. Poor Debbie, she's tried for what over 35 years to get a home for this great collection. So she has decided to auction off all of these costumes, you know, one item at a time. And I think if you go to Google. I'm going to go to Google and see if the the ruby slippers are still left, and I might make a bid on those because I would love to have those. But if you you would just uh, go to Google and put uh, Debbie Reynolds auction, I think you could find out. Now, the first part of the auction took place uh, this month, so we're, we're too late to make a bid on something this month. But the next one is December 3rd, so we'll be ready and we'll be doing a lot more announcements about uh about that well danny anything else you'd like to say uh from the chat uh i noticed that for a while the mad movie man was in the chat is that correct yes he sure was he said he had to run and jump and make a run real quick but
3: he said congratulations on four years and he said it was funny listening to himself
2: (laughs) In the third year clip. <laughs> yes, we did have him as the mysterious <laughs> the mysterious announcer, announcer, and he did a great he did a great job on that. And he'll be back with us next uh, Tuesday. Well, we're very grateful to our chatters for their participation. We we always um, love it when people join the chat and uh, and take part in the discussion. But I'm sorry to say. That our time is almost up. Now there are so many people I want to thank for helping to make these past four years as host of Movie Attic Headquarters something special for me. I made a list, actually a list, and if I've left anyone out, uh, please forgive me. It's a fairly long list. So while I'm reading all these names, dear listeners, why not pretend you're watching the end credits of a film you've just seen? First of all, a big shout-out to the terrific guests who have come on our Blog Talk Radio show to entertain, enlighten, and inspire us. And special thanks to the following very helpful people. Larry Tucker, Nikki Starr, Jazz Shaw, A.J. Hockery, Danielle Dyer, Misha Zubarev, Demos Yannikos, Will Griffiths, A.J. Daniels, Diana Sanger, James Colt Harrison, John P. McCarthy, Phil Hall, Nell Minow, The Movie Mom, Alan Levy, John Sweet, Emmy Domestico, Philip Rakia, Hillary from 15 Minutes with Hillary, Wacko Bob, Morgan Lawrence, Judy Joy Jones, Nancy Lombardo from Comedy Concepts, Fausta Wirtz, Mo from Morning Coffee, Jane Bernard, Vicky Nicolaitis from Talking Progressive, Denise Casino, Rebecca White from WRSP nine three six, De Leon from The Freakin' Friend Show, Miss lot Laughing Lady, and Sharon, the story lady. Thanks also to the people who have participated in our uh chats during our shows, to callers who have called in and other listeners. It's truly in four fun years remember to come back next week when we'll be talking about disneyland memories and in the meantime don't forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com that's r-e-e-l realtalkreviews.com that's all for now folks it's time to celebrate So here's Kenny Loggins to take us out with my favorite party song. Get ready, everybody. Here comes Footloose.